Hey, everybody. How are you? Good. Good. Everybody's awake, right? Yeah. That's good. That's good. Okay. <clears throat> hmm. Let me look at y'all just a minute. <laughs> you know, sometimes uh, it's just good to kind of check in <laughs> and just kind of see what Holy Spirit is doing in the room. And, um, you know, I may know what I'm going to speak about, but the way it comes is dependent on the Holy Spirit to show me, to teach me. And there is a preparation that goes beyond uh, notes. You know, I love, I love notes, but if you have notes without really being full of Holy Spirit or, or plugging into His presence and really being in touch with His leading and guiding, the notes aren't going to do you much good of anything. Because, you know, we don't want to just, like, give lots of information. We want fresh, hot bread today. I want bread that just came out of the oven. I don't even want it from this morning. I want the bread that is hot right now for this word, for this group of people, for you guys, you know? And so... This is part of the school of prophetic intercession also because it's all about hearing the voice of Holy Spirit. It's all about learning to, to be in a place of communion with Him that we're ready at a moment's notice to drop whatever agenda we had. You know what I'm saying? And plug in and go for the now moment of what the Lord is doing. I've become um, convinced, become aware. You know, we have our past, we have our present, we have our future. Now the past is behind us. There isn't anything we can do to change what has happened before. The future we have in front of us, and which that's a wonderful thing, but the only place that you can affect your future is in the now. It's right now. What you do right now brings your future into fruition, and it affects what will soon become your past. You change your past. Do you understand what I'm saying? Two hours from now, this will be your past. And so if we really want to change our lives and move forward, this is the point in time that we have impact to do that. And so I'm just plugging in because I want to hear what the Father is saying. I want to hear what Holy Spirit is speaking over you. I want and am jealous for an impartation and a spirit of revelation to be released in this room. That we're not just attacking a subject, okay? But we are coming into a realization 
of the relationship that we are to have with our God. That's what this really is. It's all about our relationship with our Father, our Heavenly Father. And if we take this into some kind of formula, we will have missed the whole thing. I could give you a formula. And it'll work pretty good, too. But it's not the highest. So, you know, I'm not in a hurry. I'm not in a hurry right now. When we go from one session to another session to another session, it takes time sometimes to make that shift, okay? It takes time to make a shift. And I really feel like right now what's going on is that we're, we're going into, it's like a place of a deep pool. And the Lord is like taking us into this depth and, of His Spirit. I can just feel it like just coming in the room. Slow down, okay? And let's really tune our hearts to hear what he's saying. Lord, let's come to you right now. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just present ourselves before you, crying out to you, Lord, and we say, if we do not have your anointing, if we do not hear your voice, then Lord, these words are words on a page. We cry out for your anointing to be released. Lord, I lift up to you every woman that's in this room. I lift up to you every man, every woman that will listen to this message when it, after it is recorded. Lord, I call for your anointing to be released. Lord, I call forth for divine revelation and understanding to be given in in how this whole thing of prophetic intercession works. And Lord, I ask that you boil it down, Lord, and it's like you take us into your living room. Take us out of a conference, even a conference mindset, a conference setting, and take us into your living room and teach us how to hear your voice. Lord, I call out to you and I ask for just divine downloads to begin happening right now. And Lord, for uh, different ones that would be here or that would be listening and would be saying, I don't know about this stuff. I have never felt like I have been able to be an intercessor. It all sounds boring to me. And I'm just, I'm not sure. I don't know what all this is. This is like a foreign language to me. Lord, I just lift up those people. Lord, I just ask for just that, that I can't mold to be taken off of their minds and off of their hearts. And Lord, I ask for your love to be released. I ask for the Father's love to be released. Lord, I ask 
that you make us so hungry for you, so hungry to hear your voice, so hungry to see your kingdom come on this earth, Lord, that we are captured. We are captured by your presence. We are captured by your love. And we find that there is no place else that we would rather be. Lord, I ask today that you take this, take this thing out of being a requirement, a responsibility, that you take it into a desire, that you take it out of, out of a school, a lesson, and you take it into the heart. Lord, I ask for a, a transfusion to happen today, that, my goodness, that, that prophetic intercession just flows out of our love for you and your love for us. I ask, Lord, for that shift to happen here today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm going to check in with you guys. I am very, I love to get feedback from you. So I may ask you from time to time, how are you doing? Because I really want to hear from you. I want, to, I want for us to be engaged together. I'm asking you all to get comfortable. There's lots of room all around. And if you want to move up closer, please move up closer, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. Let's take a little look here at intercession. Okay, Isaiah chapter 62, verses 6 and 7. I'm just going to read this to you. You can look it, you know, look it up in your Bible if you want to. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night, they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. The Lord speaks in very graphic language that we can understand. This is, this is more than church, okay? See, to, to really come into understanding in prophetic intercession, we have to make a shift. We have to make a shift in our heads from being church-oriented to being kingdom-oriented. We have to make a shift from being church-oriented to being kingdom-oriented. I cannot tell you how important that is. God's will for you and me is so much bigger than the church buildings that we go to. It's so much bigger than even the relationships that we have that actually is what the church is. It's the body of believers. And actually... We need to um, really listen to what we're saying and we need to change some of our terminology because some of our terminology is very narrow. God wants his kingdom to be established on the earth. And he appoints watchmen. Each of you, the Lord has a place 
but he wants to set you on a wall to watch over. There is something he is putting in your heart, a responsibility. It is a responsibility that is to be born out of love. So an intercessor is one who reminds the Lord of promises and appointments that are to be met and to be fulfilled. That means that you have to actually spend time in your Bible to know what promises he has made, you know, to bring it forth. He loves to be reminded of his word, and he loves it when we come and we do that. He invites us to do that. Okay, Isaiah 59, verses 15 and 16 says, Yes, truth is lacking, and he who turns aside from evil makes himself a prey. Now the Lord saw, and it was displeasing in his sight, that there was no justice. And he saw that there was no man, and was astonished that there was no one to intercede. An intercessor is one who takes up a case before God, on behalf of another. When you enter into this um, release of prayer called prophetic intercession, it is not the place to bring your own personal requests. It's a place of authority that you are co-laboring with God and you are standing on behalf of another. And it may be another person, it may be a nation, it may be a tribe, it may be a city. But you are standing on the behalf of another. Because God wants his government to be established here on the earth. <clears throat> An intercessor is one who makes up the hedge or builds up the wall in a time of battle. Let me tell you, we are in a time of battle right now. Ezekiel chapter 13, verses 4 and 5 says, O Israel, your prophets have been like foxes among ruins. You have not gone up into the breaches or the breaks, nor did you build the wall or the hedge, King James Version says, around the house of Israel to stand in the battle on the day of the Lord. We have to learn how to build up the hedge, to build up the wall. Um, I will intermingle this afternoon some different stories of different uh, prophetic intercessory journeys that I have been on, James, my husband, has been on. And um, we took a team into uh, Thailand this last summer for the purpose of prophetic intercession. Uh, we have dear friends that they are, uh, they have a ministry that's called Divine Inheritance, and they're work, working up in the kind of the Thai-Burma border. They're on the Thai side, and they are working to help uh, release uh, child soldiers out of Burma. There are about 80,000 child soldiers, children who have been abducted, children, you know, um, most of them, most of them are in Burma. The Burmese government is so... This, to me, was a sign of, of their... What do I want to say? Their standard. They, their time zone is different from every other time zone around the world. They're a half an hour different. 
as though, I mean, I, when I heard that, I'm like, oh my goodness, they want this statement to be made so loud and so clear. We are different. We want our own recognition that we are going to have a different time zone from every other nation, every other nation. So um, <clears throat> anyway, that's a little tidbit there for you. Um, so we were there to bring in this team of prophetic intercessors to help to pray to try to open up that region and um, for release of the gospel of Jesus Christ and just to see what we could do in prayer to open up so that these children could be released. We got there to the base at um, Maysai and there is a mountain range that's behind uh, their base and it's called the Sleeping Woman. The sleeping woman, and you can see her. She's, she looks like she's about nine months pregnant. You see her, her <laughs> huge stomach, okay? And you, you see her profile. You see her head. You see her hair just like flowing down and blending with the ground. And as we were there, I felt the Lord saying, the sleeping woman represents my church, my body there in Thailand. And they need to wake up. The sleeping woman needs to wake up in order to bring birth, to give birth to what's inside of her. And you see, Thailand is a country where there are a lot of things that flow in and out. There's a lot of sex trade that goes in through there, which unfortunately the United States is very instrumental in that because of the Vietnam War and uh, trade routes were established during that time period of which it was the U.S. bases that brought this about. But there are a lot of things that are going on through that country. There's a lot, there's a lot of uh, uh, spiritual um, uh, beings, demonic strongholds, uh, that they're like blending over these regions. And the church in Thailand, this is, this is what the Lord just showed me, has to wake up. They have to build up the hedge. No one has been able to come together because they're so, they're, they have all their tribal groups and they're so tribal, they don't know how to work together or come together. And much suspicion and the whole word of honor being, you know, well, you know, we must honor them. We must honor them. Well, it's all filled with lies and deceit because nobody's being honest because they don't want to dishonor, you know. It's just really wild. So this was the mission that we were on, and this is something, I mean, it was just, just glaring at me, the holes, the breaches of which no one was stepping up to, and it would require the whole nation, the church in that country, to come together to fill in those breaches. And we're working on that one. Okay, Ezekiel 22, verses 30 and 31 says, And I searched for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. Thus I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their way I have brought upon their heads, declares the Lord God. An intercessor is one who stands in the gap between God's righteous judgment and the need for mercy on the people's 
behalf. Okay. So now, okay, so that's just kind of some basic scriptures on intercession. And then if we then go over to the prophetic, well, the prophetic is hearing the voice of God. It's hearing what God is saying. And there are lots of different releases in the prophetic. There are offices of the prophet. There's a spirit of prophecy that can... If the spirit of prophecy came on this room and we all stood up and we all prophesied, you know, it doesn't mean that we're all prophets. But it does mean that we all came under a spirit of prophecy, okay? And there are times when each one of us, we are encouraged to, to jealously yearn after and seek after the gift of prophecy. And so each one of us is called to prophesy, but not everyone moves and operates in the office of a prophet. But what we're talking about here is the coming together where the intercessory side and the prophetic side come and they meet. Now, I don't know about you all, but I've, I have spent a lot of time in prayer meetings and some of them have gone really well, and some of them, I would walk out and think, what was that we just did? Uh, you walk in a room, everybody sits down, and, you, and if you had to describe the feeling in the room, it's like this pressure, we've got to pray. We've got to pray. But I mean, it's got, we've got to pray verbally, out loud. So, rather than waiting to hear what the Lord's saying, there's just a bunch of activity. And this one will pray a prayer. And that one will pray a prayer. And that one will pray a prayer. And it's like pop, what my husband James calls popcorn prayer. Here, there, no. You know, and it's like there's no continuity anywhere. And it's individuals praying out prayers that they think that they should pray, but not having the wisdom and the understanding, hey, we're not just individuals in a room. If we were to hold this meeting right here, Change the course of it, okay? And say, okay, we're going to enter into a time of prophetic intercession. You know what that would require? <laughs> and we could do that. We could do that. But it requires everybody laying down their own agenda. It means you're concerned for your mother-in-law. God cares for your mother-in-law. But not right. This, she is not the point of your prayer right now. It means that you, that you walk away from your identity as an individual and you realize that you are coming into a corporate setting. You have now become a new entity. You are a part of each other. You're linked together. It's like, for those of you with a musical background, it's like bringing together an orchestra. There is no way in the world that that orchestra is going to work or be able to play the melody if each member follows its own, picks out his own song, goes at its own rhythm, even what about tuning your instrument? I used to play flute in high school and I could practice at home, you know, and I could tune however I, you know, what I thought was, you know, being in tune. But if my instrument is out of tune and then I go into the orchestra, 
That's the place where you find out if you're in tune or not. If no other reason, okay, we have got to pray together because you will not know if you're on pitch or not if you refrain from praying with others. It doesn't have to be a big group, but we do need each other. We do need each other. And when you're in an orchestra, your focus is on the tip of that baton. And you are watching that baton. You are attentive. You've got your music out. You've got your instrument ready to play. And you're watching. And you don't do anything until that baton moves. And you follow the direction. You follow the crescendos. You follow, you know, that's the way it works. And so we have to like, I am not, I, you know, I cannot bring into here my prayer list. I have to lay everything down. And I really have to get into the presence of the Lord. Now, let me just throw this little thing out. When um, Jim and I were first married, I was a little country girl. 15 miles from, there were three towns. I was 15 miles from every town. Um, the closest girl my age was a half mile away. And we really were not on the same page together. Nor would it have been good for us to be on the same page together, okay? Except she'd come over to my page. Um, <clears throat> and so I spent a lot of time alone. I spent a lot of time uh, reading my Bible, going out in the pastures and just praying, and I loved doing that. I loved doing that. But then the Lord brought James into my life through an amazing series of events, which I can't go through here. But I come out of this country setting into a college setting, of which he is... Uh, a leader in this college group, he's already, I mean, he, when he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, which was just a couple of years previous to that, boom. I mean, he got just downloaded with this prophetic gifting. And he was prophesying over anything and everything moved. I mean, he was just growing just like by leaps and bounds and, and compared, okay, compared to everybody else in the group. Well, gosh, he was the most gifted one there in the room. And so then the Lord brings us together, and I'm feeling overwhelmed and intimidated because I don't know how to prophesy like he does. I don't feel like I can hear the Lord the way he can. And I made a big mistake. I equated gifting with relationship. And we would be in prayer meetings and... I would uh, have songs of the Lord that the Lord would give me many times. But, you know, rather than me just launching out and singing the song, I would elbow Jim say, hey, I think, I think I have a song of the Lord. What do you think? And he never once said no. He always said, yeah, do it, do it. So I like I sing the song, you know, and it was great. But after a few months of doing that, there was one time I was getting ready to nudge him one more time. And the Holy Spirit stopped me and he said, is he your God or am I? And I became convicted in my heart. 
And I determined I was not going to do that again. And you know what? I discovered how faint my hearing had become because I was leaning on my husband in a wrong way instead of asking the Lord and just being obedient to what he was asking me. And it took me time to learn to hear his voice again. I had to go through a season of fine-tuning my hearing to hear the Lord. This is really the crux of the issue. We can all pray. We can all think of all kinds of things to pray for. But what we're talking about here is learning to hear the voice of the Father to know what's on His heart, what He wants us to pray for. And how can we do that if we are relating to Him through someone else and we're not rightly connected to Him and believing that He wants to speak to us, that He wants to use us? That's a big deal. I've been parts of prayer meetings that we sat and we waited for a long time. I'm talking 30 minutes, 40 minutes, just be quiet. You know, God is not anxious for anything. And it doesn't bother him to have times of quietness. And in fact, sometimes he wants it that way. Because you know what it does? It draws out insecurities in us. There's all kinds of stuff that starts to be starts to poke up. And maybe somebody will sing a th- song and they'll say, oh, maybe now's the time for a song. Maybe not. Maybe it's time to get a little uncomfortable and get into another place, another level of intimacy with the Lord. Hmm. Does this make sense to you guys? This stuff takes time. And when you're building a team, when you're building a group, you're just going to have to be realistic. That, you know what? You're going to have to go through a growing up process. You're going to have to go through times where, you know, it's not all going to be perfect. There's going to be lots of mistakes. There's going to be lots of popcorn prayer. There's going to be a lot of, in the midst of times of prayer, that you also incorporate times of teaching, times of talking, times of dialoguing, saying, did you feel what Holy Spirit said? You know, I was feeling, this is what I was getting earlier, and they're like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. And you dialogue, you talk about, so that you get a corporate identity, and you also begin to learn how each other functions. And you actually begin to establish Many members, one body. You begin to understand the giftings that different ones have, and so then you can pull together and you can begin, once you uh, gain experience and time, you know who you can count on. You know who hears the voice of the Lord. You know who comes into that meeting having prepared their heart. They've already dealt with all their stuff, And they've come in with their slate wiped clean, ready to engage. You're going to know. And and this is like learning how for a family to walk together. It's not easy, and it can be messy. And there will be 
misunderstandings probably, and there will be things to work through, but it's all a process of learning how to be a family, how to be his family. And it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> I just love the simpler we can get, the better it is. Give it to me, simple. I want to know that I understand. I um, have known Bob Jones for a number of years, and I've been in his living room lots of times, and he'd be... And for those of you who don't know him, he's a prophetic gentleman who speaks in very symbolic language. And I've been in meetings where he, where he would release a word and he would step out of the room for a minute. Or he would, say, he would say, you understand what I mean? And everybody in the room would say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he would leave and they'd go, what did he mean? <laughs> and I just determined, you know what? I'm just going to say, I don't know. I don't know. And you know what? When you say you don't know, even though you think you may get, let's say you get 70% of it, if you say you don't know and you ask for clarification, you'll get more because the teacher will come into the room and will explain it more thoroughly to you so you will end up getting a whole lot more than just the 70%. I can't tell you how many gems and jewels I've gotten because I just dared to say, I don't get it. Even when I thought I got it. Because a lot of times I found out I didn't really get it, you know? <laughs> so let's just be honest and real, and let's take off this pressure of being spiritual, okay? I mean, I just it's like, Lord, just cleanse us, okay? Um, okay, see, this is what I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling the Lord leading me in this that we're under this pressure that we have to be spiritual to pray. Now, yeah, we are to be spiritual beings, but do you see there's like a kind of like a religious thing that's like weighing, I feel it kind of like weighing down on top of our heads, trying to make us, you know, feel like we have to be other than who we are in order to be spiritual. And the Lord says, no, be spiritual right where you are. Be real, be honest, be yourself, don't try to turn yourself into somebody else. Okay? Okay? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. God is relational. And what is prayer anyway? Having a relationship with your father, talking with him. Okay? All right. So I'm, tr I'm giving you like some little nuts and bolts things because obviously I don't know where everybody is and all this. But if you're looking at, you know, beginning a group, you're just going to have to understand there are going to be things that you're going to have to deal with just like you would in a family. And I would encourage you too, for those of you who um, are interested, you want to know you know, you want to learn. You know, honestly, prophetic intercession is better caught than taught. There's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. There's nothing like coming together and feeling a burden from God come and land in a corporate way over every member of the group. 
And together, you pull together and you carry that burden and you release it back to the Lord. There is nothing like that. You learn so much more by being in that atmosphere. And so I'm just encouraging you, if you're not in some kind of a prayer group that operates in that dimension, find somebody. Find somebody. Find somebody. Get in a group and learn how to do this. Get along with somebody who's a little further down the road than you are. Put yourself in a mentoring position to where you learn. Say, hey, can I come? Can I just learn what you're doing? Can I ask you this question? Do that. That's going to do a whole lot more for you. That's going to put feet to your questions and feet to your answers. Okay. I'm going to look at the time. What time is it? 2.15? Okay. All right. What I want to do is... Um, okay. Let me think you're just a minute. There is... I could go quite a while. Honestly... My husband did this study guide, prophetic, compassionate prophetic intercession. If you want to learn about prophetic intercession, his notes are really, really wonderful. And I commend them to you. Uh, they're the notes that I'm, I'm working from today. But I also am giving just practical tips, okay? Now there is, okay, let me tell you about, uh, just quickly, uh, we did a, a women's conference in Cincinnati, Ohio this last August. We have an annual women's conference we do every summer. And, and we ended up in this one session that was um, totally unplanned. And the Lord just kind of came in and rearranged that whole afternoon. And we ended up in this place of prayer. I don't know how the Lord did this. It just was amazing. This place of prayer... Uh, the man who had um, developed the partial uh, birth abortion technique was from that area. Okay? And I really felt Holy Spirit urging us that we needed to pray about that. There were, well, I know what it was. There was a prophetic word that came forth over the Cincinnati area that there was... Um, that there was a, a specific grace on that area to reproduce in the kingdom of God for, for uh, reproduction and, and evangelism to happen and to occur there. Okay? So we start out with that, and then this person brings up this fact that, there, that the man who um, developed this procedure was from that area. Okay, now that tells me something. I'm going to bring you all along in my process. Is that okay? If I can, if I can like, just teach you by some of the examples. Um, that tells me that there is something in that region that allowed for that understanding to come about that is in direct opposition to what God's purpose is for that region. Does that make sense? Okay. And so we, we were put in this, this place, this opportunity that we can make a difference for the region of Cincinnati, for that whole area. But before we could go there, we had to, see, we had to, before we could claim the promise, 
and call that forth. We have to go back and we have to see what the root is, okay? And seeing that this man, where this partial birth abortion came forth, we had to deal with that issue. And we had to come and we had to stand in the gap. And so the whole group, there were about 700 of us, and the spirit of prayer just landed on us. What can I say? It's only by the grace of God. You know, you just present yourself available to him to carry whatever he wants you to carry. And it's almost like you're a little donkey. And he'll put this burden on your back and he'll say, okay, I want you to carry this for a while. So he put this burden of Cincinnati on us for an afternoon, for one hour. And we begin crying out, standing in the gap for that area. Standing in the gap as though we were the ones that came up with that technique. And we cried out and we asked the Lord to forgive us. You see, when you get into the place of prophetic intercession, it's no longer us and them. It's all us. It's all us. We have to take on that sin as though we did it ourselves. If we're not willing to do that, then we're not willing to stand in the gap and really be. It has to be from the heart. We have to, we have to present ourselves in that way. So we took on, we took this thing on and we just, in many tears, asking the Lord to forgive us. I could go about 10 directions right now, okay. And we walk through those prayers and the Lord releases His Spirit, releases His fire and we end up praying for the pastor and his wife and we call forth all the, uh, goodness, call forth all the women. We go to practical application and ask the women in the room who is barren, who is not able to have children. We call them forth and we call for healing power to be released to them. And we take it in very practical, physical steps. And the Lord just, you know, it's a whole afternoon of stepping into a part of releasing the destiny of God, the purpose of God for a whole region. And when we're done, the little donkey that's carrying the burden, the burden gets taken off the donkey and like you leave the meeting, you know, and it's like, okay, that's weird. What was that? How can you have a burden one minute and then the next minute it's gone? It's called Holy Spirit. It's called being a prophetic intercessor where there are burdens that will come on you. They will be seasonal. Sometimes it will be just a few moments. Sometimes you may carry it as though you're carrying a child. I've had that happen. I know lots of people. Nine months they'll carry something as though there is a literal life growing inside of them. This is a strange land with strange language 
And if you think that you're going to be able to walk in this land of prophetic intercession and maintain your dignity, forget it. Because, because you, are, you, you launch out on this branch that's called faith and this branch that's called vision and this branch that says, I think, okay, you launch out into a feeler dimension. You know, Holy Spirit is a feeler also. And He will release feelings to us of how He's feeling. You really got to have seasoned people walking with you. And it's always to be grounded in the Scripture. Okay, I want to do something. I want to do a little shift here. I have about a 10-minute video. I want to show something to you. Jim and I have been involved in prophetic intercession, gosh, since before we were married, okay? But prophetic intercession has now gone a step further for us. And it has taken us into a place of action. And so I want to show you this video. It's... Um, you know, they've been talking about the book that just came out that's called Compassion. Well, there is a ministry that I've started that's called Compassion Acts. This is birthed out of a place of prophetic intercession. And we are in the process of building prophetic intercessory teams that will go into different regions, different countries. And we go in and we dig up the ground in the spirit for, for the Lord, for the harvest to be able to be released and for the Lord to be able to move and to operate. And so this is a, is a video that we've done from two trips, one into Mozambique and one into Thailand. And um, people's lives are being changed. But you know what? My life is getting wrecked. My life is getting wrecked. May I say, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I am on a journey, it's a journey of love, of which the Lord has not told me how it finishes. He just says, do this, go there, do that, pray for this person, uh, check into that issue. Uh, and I'm just like, okay, Lord, if you'll just help me to get there, I want to be a part of what you're doing. That's what's at the crux of this thing. Prophetic intercession is being a part of what Daddy's doing. It's grabbing hold of our destiny, our calling as a people, as the church, to establish His kingdom in the earth. So, um, can we run that? There should be some volume on that.
giving us is an opportunity to impact nations, nations. So who wants to volunteer? <laughs> I want you to stand up if you want to volunteer. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, maybe you need to ask the Lord that question. You know? I mean, that's really where it starts. What does that mean for you? I mean, I'm specifically talking about prophetic intercession. But the Lord may be asking you your own specific question. What does it mean? He's wanting us all to volunteer. And you know, sometimes God will ask you a question, and he doesn't always fill in all the blanks, does he? And then you get down, in the, down the road on this journey, and he starts presenting these new things to you, and you're like, well, gee, Lord, I didn't know I signed up for all this. And then he's like, well... Did you think I was going to tell you everything? 
does it make a difference what I give you to do? You know, and it's like, oh, okay, that's really right. But see, you know, that, that little video clip, that just shows the journey that I've been on. Because you see, as you get into the heart of the Father, and you launch into this place of prophetic intercession, well, you do things in the Spirit, and then the Lord begins to tap you on the shoulder and say, okay, you've done the groundwork in the Spirit, now how about doing something practical in the natural? You see, prophetic intercession takes you into the heart of God, and once you get into the heart of God, then how can... You know, it's like you just get drawn in more and more and more and more. And you don't know where you're going to go. You don't know what all God's going to have you do be a part of. But this is where it gets birthed. This is the birthing ground. It's the place of prayer. And you can't go out there and you can't do, you know, works of service that really will be effectual unless you first dig the well in intercession. And I'm telling you, that's the truth. So the Lord's just offering an invitation this afternoon. And there aren't going to be a whole lot of blanks that are going to be filled in. And that's just the way he works. Okay? So let me pray for you. This is just really a serious thing. It's not just a seminar. It's a place where the Lord is really asking who's willing to be a, a little donkey for me. <clears throat> who's willing to lay down agendas, plans. Who's willing to go on a journey of which you don't know what all the roads it's going to take you down? Because it's a journey of love with your Heavenly Father. Lord, I just come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, just on behalf of these women in this room, Lord, lift up every one of them to you. And Lord, I ask that you would come. And Lord, I ask for an impartation to be released. An impartation to go into the place of prophetic intercession, Lord. I ask for an impartation to be released, Lord, for a spirit of travail, of birthing spirit from the Holy Spirit to be released upon them, Lord. That they would be breakers that would go before many others in the spirit realm. And that they would open up doors of which no man can shut, Lord. And that they shut doors that no man can open. Lord, I call them forth and I set them into their place of purpose in this hour. And Lord, I ask for a release of the prophetic spirit to be released upon them, Lord, so that they would know the signs of the times, 
so that they would hear your voice. And Lord, that you would, that you would come and Lord, that they would grow in their ability to hear your voice. And Lord, that I'm thankful, Lord, that they've heard you on a personal level. Now, Lord, I'm asking for another level of release, that they would hear you on behalf of their land. I ask that they hear you on behalf of their cities. Lord, I ask that they hear you on behalf of this nation. And Lord, whatever tribe, whatever tongue that you choose to speak to them about, to release a burden to them, Lord, I ask for the burdens of the Lord to be released in this people, in this room, right now, in the name of Jesus. I ask, Lord, that you take us to a place we've never been before. And Lord, I ask that you just redo our, 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 the way we process things and the way we think through things, Lord. And that, Lord, that you translate this into a love relationship. I pray grace, 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 grace. Jesus, you said your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So, Lord, I don't ask for heavy burdens. I just ask for Holy Spirit ones. I ask for revelation light to be loosed. Lord, I call forth dreams and visions to be released, Lord. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and that you would take us into your school of prophetic intercession. God, I ask for divine connections. I ask, Lord, that those that have not before had some place that they could hook in and a place of prayer, that you divinely orchestrate and you hook them up and you connect them, Lord. I call forth your anointing, your release to be upon this people. Because, Lord, you called us to co-labor with you. And we just say it is an honor and a privilege, Lord, to come along your side. Lord, you didn't have to do it that way. But you look for us to stand in the gap. You look for us to make the difference. You look for us to take up the defense and the cause of those who are needy and who can't speak for themselves. You look for people to carry, to carry the plumb line of justice and righteousness. You look for people that will contend, that will contend for your purposes to be released on a people. Let your anointing fall, Lord. Let it flow. Let it come forth. And Lord, I ask that you fan it into a flame, Lord Jesus. I call forth the strategies of God. Lord, I, I ask that you begin dropping questions Questions that are in your heart, Lord, that we need to grab hold of. Questions that haven't even been asked yet, but you're asking from heaven so that we will turn and we will release that in prayer back to you. And it will be a timely word. It's a strategic word 
And Lord, I call forth grace and understanding in redeeming the time. And I just, I just say there is something about time. Um, there is something that as we walk in this place of prophetic intercession, that we can, it's almost like we can buy time. We can redeem time. We can know the time. We can know the time. And Lord, we just, we, just, we just call to you, Lord, and we say, help us to know the time. Help us to know what time it is. Help us to know what time it is, Lord, that we, that we will not be so caught up in, in, in practical responsibilities and day-to-day living, but Lord, that you will drop down inside of us what time it is. And that we'll be looking. God, I ask that you open the eyes of our heart to see like we've never seen before. And that we would be able to hear even the whisper of Holy Spirit what you're saying. We want to volunteer today to be watchmen on the wall. We want to be watchmen on the wall over Jerusalem. Lord, that is a commandment that's for everyone. You want everyone to be a watchman on the wall on the behalf of Israel, on behalf of Jerusalem, to pray that Jerusalem would be a praise in the earth, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And Lord, right now, today, I just pray, Lord, those who have not taken their place yet, that Lord, today, they would take their place on the wall in regards to Israel and specifically Jerusalem. Set us in our place, Lord, I ask. And give us the grace and the anointing to do everything that you ask. And Lord, may we just fall so in love with you that you just wreck our lives, Lord. And that there is no place else that we would rather be but in your presence. And Lord, that we would learn to live our lives in such a way that we would lean in to your breast, Lord, to hear what your heart is beating. And instead of asking the question of what is required, that we say, what can we do? What can we do, Lord? And we become aggressive in our love for you. Teach us these ways, Lord, we ask. And I just ask your blessing be upon every person here, Lord. And Lord, I ask that this just be but a beginning of an absolutely wonderful, fruitful journey of knowing you and loving you and hearing your voice and crying out on the behalf of others. So we bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> okay. Bless you all. <clears throat>